This is Tony Bins and Homer Simpson, and you're listening to the XX Comedy Podcast. Yay! Now you can sample or track your favorite comics and see our upcoming events. It's all there at yuckyucks.com. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What is up, Yuckamaniacs? This is your host, Jake Hirsch. Welcome to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast, episode number 46. That is right, episode 46. Unbelievable. In the books, uh, our guest today, the very funny, very talented Mr. Matt Wright from Newfoundland. Yay! Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, Matt Wright. Now, uh, just to kind of give you a little bit of backstory here, uh, we've been, uh, you know, obviously mixing uh, the interviews uh, up lately so that we've been getting a good mix of uh, you know, comics who are on the road and who are headlining yucks and, um, and comics who are amateur on the local circuit and, and, you know, people, uh, in and around my city. Um, but we are back folks. We are, we are now back to interviewing, uh, some of the very funny and talented headliners all throughout the country, uh, that you can see at your local yuck yucks. Uh, that's, it sounds like I'm doing an infomercial again. God damn it. Maybe I should re-edit this and just take the entire thing out. Kira, Camille, what do you guys think? Think I should just no? I'm getting the no. I'm getting. I'm just joking. They're they're in Toronto. I'm out here in the West. Um, yes, I'm not going to start this over. Uh, what what I will say though, the point I'm trying to get across to you is that uh, we are now back to interviewing the headliners uh, from uh, all across the country. That's right. Uh, not to say we're not going to have more amateurs because next week, that's right, Tuesday, May 31st is the finals, the 2016 Yuck and Comers Comedy Competition, uh, which yours truly, yes, that's right, Jake Hirsch, MC to the Stars, was hosting. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, that's me. Uh, yeah, I've been hosting the show. We've been uh, knocking it out of the park every week. Uh, it's just some tremendous talent that I've been able to watch. And, uh, you know, it's fun. It's it's cool. It's a very cool position to be in uh, because uh, it kind of gives me an ability to put my finger on the pulse of who is coming up, who to keep your eye on, uh, some of the funniest people in and around Calgary. Uh, and, and I'm saying that because uh, we've had uh, competitors come in from Lethbridge and Edmonton and Kelowna and Red Deer and Canmore and all over the place. We've had uh, uh, contestants come in from all over, and it's just been a blast watching uh, these uh, young guys and girls uh, get up there. Uh, and, and, and not even just the young. I mean, uh, we do have elderly contestants as well. <laughs> Okay, not elderly, like as in Walker type shit, but uh, no, we've got, you know, people that are, uh, you know, in the comedy game a little bit later, like myself, um, which is fantastic because we have the very talented Lori Gibbs. Uh, of course, uh, you know, Lori is a headliner all across the Yuck Yuck stages. Um, she's one of the judges this year, uh, as she was last year, and she just provides so, uh, just such great, uh, amazing uh, feedback, honest, raw, and, uh, and just, uh, you know, really... I think gives very uh, intelligent and informed opinions on people's routines. And the cool thing is that I've seen people come up to Lori after the show and ask her for advice. And she's always willing to stay. She's always willing to talk to people, uh, time permitting, of course. Uh, but yeah, she's always willing to, to, to give people time and, and to talk to them and to give them feedback and, and what joke to work more. And this is how I would have written it is, you know, I mean, who does that? All right. Not a lot of comedians do that. 
all the time. And and, uh, and it's something that I you know I truly truly appreciate. I think uh, Lori Gibbs is uh, is a fine example of of uh, comedians who take the time to give back and and that remembers that where they started out. Uh, on the amateur circuit. So uh, we've got young, we've got uh, older, we've got middle-aged, we've got, uh, you know, parents, uh, every walk of life. It's fascinating to me, um, you know, how many people are out there just working day-to-day jobs that are just genuinely funny. And I could probably see them making a living off of comedy. But uh, wow, Uh, we've had some really, really shockers. Um, Anyway, back to today's show, Matt Wright, headliner from Newfoundland, absolutely brilliant guy. I feel really bad because I really wanted to hang out with Matt longer. Um, I've got some family in town. My mom is in town right now. Um, I'm in the process of producing five comedy shows right now. So, I mean, it's busy. It's a very, very busy time for me. And uh, I don't get back into Calgary very often. I was hoping to hook up with Matt again. Uh, I'm going to try to before he leaves. I'm not sure what day he's leaving, but I think he's leaving soon. But I want to I want to go hang out with Matt and uh, keep in touch. A hilarious guy and just one of the nicest human beings I've uh, had the pleasure of sitting down and talking to. Um, so if you have a chance to go see him, please go check him out. Absolutely funny. I had a friend that texted me on Saturday and said, I watched Matt Wright just destroy <laughs> the Calgary Yuck Yucks. Uh, I, the reason I laugh at that is because uh, last couple of days, uh, you know, my mom uh, being here from Texas and, and you know, we're sitting and, and, and she hears me on the phone. And I'm constantly, you know, oh, my God, he's killing it. Oh, my God, she crushed it. Oh, good Lord, he just annihilated last night. And my mom thinks these are all bad terms. So uh, I had to, um, yeah, I had to teach her uh, what uh, all these uh, all these terms that us kids are saying nowadays. Uh, but then again, I also had to tell her that DTF meant uh, down to Foxtrot because I just wanted her to have a really good 2016. Yes, that's right. All right, folks, on to the show. Let's go talk to my buddy Matt right, right now. So yeah, you haven't been out to the uh, you haven't been out this way before. No, never. And you've been doing comedy for how long now? Four, Four years. years. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So so tell me, okay, so for the people that don't know, you're from where about in Newfoundland? Uh, I live in St. John's. I was born in Gander. Ooh, Gander. Yes. Oh, Do you know Gander? I've heard of Gander. I used to be married to a girl from Mount Pearl. What? How? That's what they call them, Mount Perlian. Yeah, they do. That's so strange. I would have never expected that. It's so funny. I had a conversation with, uh, was it Lisa Baker? Mm-hmm. You know Lisa? I know. Lisa hosted the first pro show I ever did. Did she really? Yeah. She was very She was very good to me when I started and continues to be. Yeah, she's great, man. One we're, of my favorites. Yeah, me too. Yeah, One yeah, of the, yeah. We're doing a couple of Ford Mac fundraisers together awesome. over the week. Yeah. So that should be That's fun. That's amazing, dude. Yeah, so I was talking to her, and it's so funny because uh, when people talk about, I guess, uh, how you guys say, back home, yeah, uh, everybody's got like uh, a name, and I, I, I talk to Colin Holland all the time as well. Oh, and yeah. He's always like, oh, so-and-so from the Ghouls, or so-and-so from Gander, or so-and-so yeah, from yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, these little titles with people that, uh, like the so-and-so family from this place, or that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Are you still like that? 
Is it still old school? Like old I think school, the kind of small town feel. I think yeah, the mentality is definitely a little bit old school. Uh, I don't know. It's just the the biggest difference I think is in Newfoundland. Every you see everyone again, so people are like Newfoundlanders are nice. Yeah, so I'm like right, yeah, right. because if you're a dick to someone, you're gonna run into them in a year. <laughs> You can't talk too much shit. You're going to run into him at some point. No, you try to avoid it. <laughs> How many people are in St. John's, man? Oh, Christ. People ask me this all the time, and I don't yeah, know. I don't have a brain for numbers. What's the, what's the comedy scene like there? It's good. When I started, there was like 12 people. No way. Yep. <laughs> and now there's around 30. Holy shit. Yeah, so it is growing. I mean, the club is closed down now, but... Uh, but the comedy scene is good. It's 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 very friendly. It's a good place to learn. Uh, we run into the same audiences a lot, so you do need to be very diligent with writing new jokes. I think that was actually very helpful to me because it kind of forced me to always be writing. Be like a pressure though, because I mean, if you have a because yeah, obviously some of the same people are going to be coming back, so you want to always be giving them like fresh material. Yeah, that must be tough. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's the job. That's you know what I mean? Because, <laughs> well, like, like, when people get into comedy, I think for the first few years, the 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 big the, the main consensus is that it's always like get your five minutes and work it to death, the same five over and over again. Uh, but what I'm seeing now is like I've seen guys like even the amateur competition and stuff come up with brand new shit every week. Yeah, like it's pretty cool, man. To tighten like a five minutes, that is that is hell for me. Yeah, yeah. Whenever, whenever I'm, whenever I'm doing, like when I did Halifax last year, or like you're prepping a TV right. set and you're just trying to tighten that down, yeah. I I despise doing that. Well, yeah, but I mean, I my, for me, I like I love writing new jokes. Like, if I don't have a new joke to do when I'm doing a show, I'm I it's I'm a little bored. Right. right. Or not bored because comedy's amazing. Bored is not the right word, right. but like I have something new that I'm working on right now, and it's working, and like right. that makes me excited to get on stage. No shit. Yeah. That's amazing, dude. So so take me back a bit, man. Like uh, sure. when you first started out. Um, in Gander, that's not exactly a major metropolis. No, Christ. <laughs> no. Gander's on a smaller scale of things. Yeah, there's 9,000 people. 9,000? 9, 9,000. Holy shit. Yes. So when did you start getting into comedy? Well, well to, to even further before that, uh, tell me about growing up over there, man. Like, what was your family like? What, what were your mom and dad and all that? Oh, my God. My parents are the best. Yeah? Yeah, they're super you know, sweet. very often in comedy, man. I, people tell me shit like that all the time. Well, I mean, I've got issues. I think most of, most of my issues are just my brain is rude. <laughs> yeah, but I don't blame that on my parents. You know what I mean? They, they, yeah. No, they were, uh, my parents are super wonderful, and uh, I have a brother and sister uh, who are, I grew up, when I was born, they were already teenagers, so my family dynamic is a little different. So I, I remember just, like, sitting at the table when I was a kid, and right. just my brother and my sister and my parents are just so funny. It's yeah. just like laughing and like yeah. n- not contributing myself. I got because I'm young and stupid. But, uh, <laughs> but, but do you think that kind of shaped your your view of, of oh yeah performing and putting on putting on some comedy? Yeah, definitely. And just like kind of the value of like how fun it is when you sit with people and laugh. I think is yeah. is fun. That's addictive too, though. Like when you hear yes. people do that, and then you're just like, shit, I want to more of that all the time. That is a very good point, Jake. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it is. But I mean, like, that's a way better addiction than yeah, most yeah. things. 
Everybody's sitting around slamming heroin around the dinner table. Well, yeah, I don't know. My, my family, we're, we're, we're booze people. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is, seems to be very uh, very common in Newfoundland. Everybody loves to go out and have a good time. Drink it up. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. definitely. So when did you start getting your bites of comedy? Like, besides getting inspired by some of the family stuff, were you like, uh, I, I got to get up there and perform? Like, were you watching comedy on TV? Were you getting inspired by some of that stuff? Um, I wasn't one of those people that's like, I'm a comedian, I'm going to be a comedian when I, when I grow up. I was never like that. I was just, I just thought that was the most arrogant thing to say. You know what I mean? I think that's what I really struggled with when I was first starting, because there is a part of it that I struggle with that's like, all right, everyone look at me now. Right, right. When I don't know if, sometimes that's good, sometimes that's not. You know, I, I do, I still struggle with that a little bit. Not that I, I do enjoy it, but part of me feels kind of dirty about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Kind of like your ego shouldn't be there. Well, yeah, and trying to figure out what an ego is and separating that from yourself, and you know, it's all. That's tough. Though. Is that Peter? It's Peter. Hey, Peter. Hey, your alarm just went off, buddy. Peter's like, who's this three hundred pound Mexican in my living room? <laughs> Every time I come home, there's no three hundred pound Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, but like, when did you? Decide like I'm gonna get up. Like, was it like an open mic thing? Was it a bunch of buddies telling you to try it out? Um, this is kind of weird. Um, I did marketing in school, right? And I was mediocre at that, if I'm being generous to myself. <laughs> mediocre at best. Yes. Uh, but when I did graduate, I hosted like the dinner with the parents. And that was the first time that I, like, because when I was in school, I was always just, like, struggling through it. I made it through it, but, like, it was a battle. Right, right. Uh, but then I was like, oh, I kind of feel good at this, which is strange. Yeah. And uh, one of my friends was like, you should go do stand-up. And I was like, well, I don't, I literally have nothing going on in my life right now. That's fine. So let's, let's give that a go. And uh, I accidentally entered a contest. And, yeah, that way, it, yeah, it was great. Like, where, where was the contest at? Was it in Gander or was it? In no, it was in Sage. I've, I've only I do comedy in Gander once a year. Oh really? Yeah, so yeah. Back and give them a little sprinkling of the. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I always try to. Are missing them, right? <laughs> Mostly, there's no stand-up scene there. There's like literally none. Although there are some comedians who came from there, uh, but no stand-up scene in like there's no mic in the city. <laughs> you know, there's no open mics in Gander. <laughs> Definitely not. Nothing there to kind of uh, enrich the juices of the creative mind. Well, no, that's that's unfair uh, to the town because there was like there's good. I used to act and stuff when I was in school, and like the, they're like teachers and stuff. Were, yeah, yeah, and teachers were very nurturing. I think in that aspect, like I remember when I was in grade twelve, like they were like, "We're gonna do this script," and I was like, "We should do the practice glove," and they were like, "You do it," and then they just let me do it. No way. Yeah. So they were like totally supportive of it. Yes, uh, one teacher. His name is Brian Moser. There's literally no chance he will ever listen to this, but he was, you know, who knows? But he he was like super. I, I think about that all the time of how crazy nice that is to let somebody do. No way. Yeah. I had a uh, I had a guidance counselor. You know what? Speaking of which, I'll mention his name, Ian Stewartson, and uh, I think he used to get like super excited about it because he'd call me down to the office. He'd be like, "I want to talk about your career in acting," and I'm like. Oh, okay. Well, I'm in drama, so it's not really a career yet. But I, I knew I wanted to go. I wanted to become an actor. Yeah, so, yeah. And then he'd be there and be like, well, let's say you're in Hollywood and you're hanging out with Bobby De Niro and all that. And I'm just like, holy shit. And in my mind, I thought to myself, this could be very possible. 
Oh, good. It was completely insane that I would be hanging out with Robert De Niro, but he made me believe that that was possible. Right. And I think that that, like... That little bit of inspiration where someone's willing to entertain yes. crazy a bit for you helps out, like... Endlessly. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it is crazy. It, it's crazy to do stand-up. It's crazy to do anything, except... Well, like, to even think that, like, I can make a career out of doing something like that. Yeah. For and for someone to pull you aside when you're young yeah. and just be like, go try. Go like, I think it. that's beautiful Were yeah parents, like, supportive of it? Were you, were you yeah supportive? oh man it's so funny when i was when i first like two years i was doing it i was just like i want to do this but i didn't want to tell them because i thought they'd be mad or something right. but now they're like they're like more into it than i am no way. yeah no way. that's awesome you get oh it's great support from the family yeah yeah i'm lucky that's insane so so who was on the scene back then like as far as in comedy when you were in saint john's uh obviously we mentioned people like lisa baker and stuff like that but were there people around that kind of took you under their wing or, or kind of showed you the ropes a bit or, or uh, oh yeah 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 I don't know I'm out yes yeah. I, 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 I kind of try to consider myself under everyone's wing <laughs> you know I'm just I'm trying to learn Everybody's you know little brother yeah well no, well maybe that'd be nice but that I don't know it's just I don't, I'm normally I'm, I'm only four years in, so I'm like definitely focused on like learning. It's 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 funny because like I just interviewed a couple of uh, amateur uh, comedians who who uh, I think one of them is like in his first year, and the mm-hmm. other one is probably second or third or something like that. To that effect. Um, when I think of about a career in comedy, it's funny because like when I first did my, my my very first show, I thought to myself, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready now. I'm ready for the HBO special. On the yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think because people spend so much time writing and, and you know, like you, everything you write you think is going to be funny or it's just going to be related. So I've got hours of material and I'm like, oh, I can totally pull off a special or, or something to the, you know, crazy effect. But it's funny when you hear people talk and you see them go perform at a club, whether it be a middler or an opener or a headliner, uh, nine or ten times these people have been doing it for fucking years. Yep. And it's something that I've learned that it's like, this is not an art form that comes very quickly. No, and I think that's what I like about it. Really? Yeah, because it's it's a long-term project. Right. It's the longest of long-term projects. <laughs> exactly. You know, because you'll never... Stand-up is it's not like a script or something that you have a deadline and then it's going to get shot. Like, stand-up is forever you're just you know like you could never know when a new line could pop in your head that from a joke you wrote three years ago and yeah. i don't know that's i think that's what i like about it that's kind of a that's, that's a unique look at it because i mean i think a lot of people when they get into something i mean uh obviously you hope that something happens quickly for you that you're for your career right? mm-hmm. but stand-up is one of those things where people are like yeah i'm just getting good now and it's like you're 10 you're 15 or something right right but like what is what is good objectively you know like and i and i i think i kind of now i'm just like well i don't know if i'll ever be like i'm good but like i would i am better than i was six months ago right, right. yeah so but i kind of you think you you need that that uh i don't even know if it's uh because i know a lot of a lot of people that are i don't consider myself a comedian i've only done it a handful of times but interviewing comedians it's always interesting to see what their uh humility is because there's a lot of people who are like oh i, I don't know I, i'm never going to be on that level or i'm never going to be that good or, or i always i think comedians are like their own worst critics yeah time, right oh yeah you think that that, that, that kind of helps a bit though like you always uh, you know well i mean i would i would certainly acknowledge that i have that in me too right. i'm just trying to actively push it down <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not, you know, my mindset is not perfect all the time, but I am aware of what thoughts are useful and yeah. which aren't. And then it's just like a battle of like sticking with the right ones. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm not like perfect. You know, like I will, like sometimes I'll get in bed. I'll be like, and then I'll be like, Hey, remember that thing you did 12 years ago? And be like, Oh God damn it. <laughs> It's not like everybody does that, you know what I mean? It's kind of just making, trying to make peace with with that, and that's that's what I like about stand up. Is it's like you don't, your mind is never idle. You always have something you can be. And so, what's your what's your uh, what's what's your, your your process? I mean, do you are you the type of guy that, that that dedicates time every day to writing? Do you write once a week? Do you do you just see something that you that you experience that's funny and you just kind of jot it down when, when it happens to you? That's a good question. I uh, I have one. I only have one hard rule, mm-hmm. which is uh, if I do think of something that even has a small chance of being funny, I will jot enough of it down that I'll remember it, right. or take a, a voice note or something right. like that, just so I can come back to it later. In terms of a process, like, that is, like, one of the hardest things about it. You know, just to establish, like, a a diligent writing schedule. Like, when I was, I started working on 22 Minutes, and that was just like, oh, I can write every day. Right. right. And, and stop being so full of shit and making excuses. Like, if you want, you could put in the time every day. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, do I always... No, I certainly don't. But I but I feel better when I do. But but it goes to show though. I mean, there's a lot of comedians. I mean, like uh, I interviewed uh, uh, Alex Sulkin, who's the yeah. partner for Seth MacFarlane, mm-hmm. the writing partner, executive producer, the whole nine yards. Um, but we talked a lot about when he was writing for you know um, uh, he wrote for some of the Tonight Show stuff. Um, but when you are sitting in a room and you've got newspapers in front of you and you got to create stories and, and funny jokes out of headlines and, and stories and stuff like that, um, let's talk about some of that for a minute. Because when you are forced to produce something by a deadline, you can get it done. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Deadlines are amazing. It's fun I to think, work with those once yeah, in a while. Well, I would prefer if I could hire someone to sit next to me, I read about this guy who's like hired a guy to sit next to him right. and smack him when he was on the internet doing something not productive, right. and he chattered his productivity, and it was like insane. <laughs> really? Yeah, just to be, I don't know, I think that in some, people kind of romanticize, like, oh, you don't need to do anything until 8 o'clock, you know, which is, right. like, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, I do, or I, um, guilt will eat me alive. <laughs> so you feel like you've got to be somewhat productive. Or just, you know, make the, it is a gift to have time. So just trying to make the the use of that. Yeah, I've never heard anybody say that before, man. That's, uh, that's, oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that tattoo somewhere. Oh, well, <laughs> don't tell me where. <laughs> I don't know. Well, this is, I grew up in a, you know, in a small scene, like the Newfoundland scene is. Uh, very small, and it's. E- I don't know if it's easier, but like, I don't. F- I don't feel very. I don't feel bitter or anything yet. Maybe I will one day, but like for now, I'm just like, well, this is it. Most of it is good. Some of it sucks. Keep pushing forward. Right, right. You know, and sometimes I go to bigger cities and I just see. I mean, ninety percent of people are wonderful, but there is that ten percent of people who are kind of just like very catty and. 
at one another sure. as if you're competing right. when you, you're not No. or you shouldn't be. That's the thing, right? I think competitiveness is just a natural element for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't always fit into that genre of, of, of art. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't. I could not agree more. I mean, I, and it's, I've, been, it's been really tough. I mean, I've been, I've been hosting this uh, amateur competition. Yes. And I think, uh, and, and it didn't, you know, and part of me is like, okay, it, you know, whoever can sell more food and drink is basically who they pack in the clubs. And, and I mean, that's sure. kind of the audience vote moves on and that type of shit. Yeah. But uh, I didn't understand at the beginning that, you know, when I would, you know, you'd announce winners and I would see in the back, the backdrop, comedians leaving. <laughs> and they leave. And then afterwards, I always made it a point to reach out and say like, hey, man, like, I'm really sorry you didn't make it through that round. Yeah. But I understand that. Like. Um, if there's amateur comedians that have been doing this for two or three years and then you have someone on the scene who's been doing it for six get up on stage and do better than you on a night there's some type of like intrinsic feeling of like you're taking something from me that I've worked longer and harder for yeah and I think that's kind of where that competitiveness comes in but what has your experience been like I mean especially being four years in I mean do you see that mostly in smaller towns or, or like I mean, not smaller towns, but I mean, St. St. John's, there's obviously a collective group of comedians there that is it more of a we want to see each other succeed or is it more of a like, I want to get a shot before you do? No, no. I think in in St. John's, like we have set a tone that like we want more comedy makes everyone better. If if people around you are shitty, you're going to get, you're not going to get better. You're going to get worse. Right, right. So you kind of want to, and it's just... And I mean, I, I, it's not that I don't understand, and I do, and I'm also, like, very new into this, so I haven't accumulated the time to get bitter, maybe. So I am, I'm empathetic to that, sure. if people are, for sure. Right. But, I don't know, like, for instance, like, I did Homegrown last year, and I didn't win at all. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, and, but I did, I got to go to this amazing festival, I made a bunch of friends, and then I, Chris James, who is super funny comedian, he got second, yeah. and I was just like, I got to talk to him, and I got to know him a bit, and, you know, he was just a super sweet guy, very funny guy, uh, and then when I went to Vancouver, he was like, hey, you can stay at my place on all your off nights, so... So, so you find the best out of every situation, even if it's not a... Well, I could have been a dick, right? and then I would have slept on the grass, <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I would have found... You would have park somewhere. Yeah, which would be fine, because Vancouver's beautiful. That's yeah. <laughs> a perfect time to be home. Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I do, there are times that I'm like, oh, you know, for sure. But I, I'm, I've learned that I feel better when I'm not like that. Right. Yeah. Life is, life is much more enjoyable. Yeah, well, I mean, you just got to react to stuff. That's all anyone can do. Yeah, I actually, yeah, it's so funny you say that because this morning I got up and uh, I recently have found the unfollow button on Facebook. I saw you posted that and I loved it. Yeah, I was just like, you know what? You know, because every day I'd be, like, arguing with people, fighting with people about stuff. And I'm just like, wait a second. I can kind of, like, create my own utopia here. And, like, yeah. Fuck everybody else. You're goddamn right. <laughs> yeah. I, it's been much more enjoyable. Since I like that on the internet and in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I should start doing that to people. When I, I do that. The, no, I don't, well, I don't delete people because I find a lot of people use the internet as a way to vent and stuff, sure. which is exhausting. Yeah. 
so there are people who I really like in real life, but I don't want to digest their online persona. Right. So I unfollow those people. But we're still friends because if I see them in life, you know, when you have your face-to-face -face people with people, they're for the most part pretty good yeah. because yeah. people feel better when they're with other people. Absolutely. That's just the yeah. nature of humans. Yeah. yeah. That's, so, that's such a good point. I never thought about that. Yeah. Because I can just be like, because you can tell. I can just look at somebody and be like, you haven't liked my shit in a year, so obviously you're not following me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you could. Or, it's always good to see somebody at the mall you bump into and they're like, you know, oh, okay, well, I noticed you didn't delete me, you asshole. So I'm sure it's uh, everything's yeah. great, right? So right. I'm still on that level. I just don't have to hear your, your rhetoric or your pandering. And the internet is in real life. It's not. No. People get way caught up. It's just a little game we're all playing. <laughs> That's so true. Man. Yeah. That's a good, good way of looking at it, man. So, so okay, so I want to get, uh, let's get a little loose here. This is, uh, this is my call out to Yuck Yucks to continue to buy me nice equipment so we can, uh, we can podcast. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it for Jake. <laughs> do it for Jake. We're going to start with a kick, Kickstarter. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about uh, the... The 22 minutes, man. Like, sure. Um, how did all this come about? And tell me, tell me that. Uh, Ooh. That tale. Um. <laughs> well, I th I don't I don't know exactly how. I mean, the the majority of the cast is from Newfoundland. All of them. Like Sean Majumder. Majumder's from Newfoundland, and Mark Critch, Kathy Jones, and Susan Kent. Meredith is not from Newfoundlander, but not from Newfoundlander, not from Newfoundland, but. Uh, Anyway, but so four to I think four to five of the continual cast are from Newfoundland. So, and it's again like Mark Mark Critch, for instance, is like when I first started doing comedy, I was just like I he like I just wrote him up cold, and he just like took me out and gave me a beer, and he's been so nice to me. Yeah, 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 super nice, and like just you know I don't know. I think that's. It's the kind of thing that you want people to be better, and I think that they kind of because he's such a like a hard worker and like a, a nice like gentleman of a sure. of a guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and Sean Majumder, same thing. Like everyone is so sweet and so nice. And yeah. uh, Sean, I did his festival. He does this amazing festival in Newfoundland it's called the Gathering. I've done it for the last three years now. Yeah, it's the best. It's comedy, music, and like world class uh, chefs cooking outdoors. Holy shit. Dude, it wow. is the best. That sounds like a great idea. And there's no cell service. No way. No. What did you just say, sir? I, inter I interrupted you. No, I said that's a good idea for me to steal from Michelle. Yeah, do a Calgary thing, man. Who cares? That's a great idea, man. You're not taking his demographic. <laughs> I'm sure you won't mind. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I did that, and uh, they were basically like, write a packet, and I did, and I just sent it in, and I wrote all my stuff, and I took a week, and I went to my parents have a house uh, around the bay in Newfoundland, my grandmother's old house, and we just went there, and I just wrote for about a week, and wrote up a packet, and sent it in, and I didn't hear anything for a year, and then I got a Facebook message, and they're like, "Do you want to come write for an episode in two days?" And I was like, "Yes." Wow. Yeah, you so must have been floored when you got that email. Uh, yeah, I didn't tell anyone. Really? Yeah, I just went up, and I was just like, if people were like, you people asked me to, if I was doing anything, I was like, I'm sick. <laughs> I just didn't want. Why is that though? Why? Like, did you just want to keep it under wraps? Did you want it to succeed before you told people about it? Did Good question. I don't know. I just I felt like dealing with the pressure of writing and stuff uh, was enough without having to deal with any form of social 
You know, and like, what if I went up and shit the bed? Right. You know what I mean? Right. I would prefer to tell people, be like, hey, I went to 22 minutes and shit the bed. Right. You know, yeah, so that I give them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, that's such a good point. I never thought about that. I mean, like, there's no, it's not necessary to have the extra pressure when you're already under pressure to try to make it good. Yeah. yeah. I'm always trying to make things easier on my own brain. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot to sort out. Yeah. I just got into one of those in Vancouver. I got into one of those sensory deprivation tanks for 90 minutes. Yeah, it was the shit. Good. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, I try telling people when, when they ask, like, how does that work? And, uh, the best explanation, like, I think Joe, Joe Rogan is a big, big fan of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think what he said uh, years ago, he said it's like, uh, it's like a desktop computer and all your files and all your shit are there. And then they just take it all and they put it into one folder said Jake's shit. Yeah. And it just clears the desktop for you. I love that. That's great. Man. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to say it. Yeah, it's just, uh, well, for people that don't know what the hell Matt and I are talking about, it's <laughs> a deprivation tank. And it's kind of, well, they call them float tanks now, but... Um, it's uh, it's essentially they they cut off the senses, so you're you're you feel like your body is at neutral temperature with the water, uh, and there's uh, there's no light, there's no sound, there's uh, you're just at peace. It is the joy of nothing. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I don't think your brain knows how to really uh, comprehend what's happening right off the bat. And that's amazing. That's amazing. Yes. Because you give your because yeah yeah because I mean if you think about like daily life uh, conversations, you're you're thinking about. Your mind is just this constant uh, backstop of, of, of balls coming at it. Mm-hmm. Just, phone, like, laptop, phone, yeah. laptop, TV, like constant. Cues, you know, like how do I appear in front of this person and how close am I and how, you know, like just social interaction. It is exhausting. Everything, your just mind is constantly working. So to have something where you're just like, oh, okay, I don't have to listen or think about all that type of shit because... I think everyone's tried, uh, you know, I've tried sitting in my room and just meditating and then like, you know, you hear the garbage, you know. I always do that. You know, some truck backing up or someone, kid outside screaming or something, you're just like, oh, fuck, this ain't going to happen. But oh, no? Most, no, like, I, I don't know where you live, but like where I live, it's just, you always hear something in the background. You cannot, it's never just like silence. Yeah, but I think, I think the, or what I try to focus is on that is when that happens, I'm like, well, I can't change that. What am I going to do? Go ahead and tell that truck to shut up. It's a truck. <laughs> I'm going to try that next time. Well, you should. I, cause I do it a lot because I just think it's your brain needs a what break. Was, yeah. What was that experience like for you? It was the best. Like well, change. I'm reading that, that book right there now. And it's basically, it talks about how your brain has two parts. One is your conscious and your subconscious. Right. So your conscious right now is, I'm talking to you, we're having a conversation, this is great. Sure. But there's a part of our brains now that are like stopping us from flopping out of our chairs and right. dropping mics. Because we're not, we're not like right now, we're not like, hold the mic, hold the mic, hold the right. mic. You know, it's just another part of our brain is taking care of that. that right. Yeah. So that's what I was like. That's why I like about that and meditation to a lesser extent is like you just give your whole brain a break. You need help, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I haven't had this deep of a conversation since Cal Post and I got completely high. I love Cal Post. Isn't he great? Yes. I've never uh, smoked that much herbage in my entire life in the three days that Cal Post was in town. <laughs> yeah, quite good times. Anyway, I miss Cal. Um, so, uh, so, so, does your comedy resonate west? Do you find as it does the same back home? Uh, it does, but it's a small sample size thus far. Really? Well, I mean, it's only, I've only done, uh, no, I've done, I mean, I've done at least a show every night. Right. Yeah, like when I'm on the road, I'm like, I'm, 
I'm going to do every mic I can. Yeah. And then I'll go home and go to bed for a week. <laughs> yeah, hang out with my girlfriend and my dogs. But when I'm on the road, I'm like, let's let's do this. But it's been great, really good. Yeah. Vancouver was excellent. Calgary last night was awesome. All right, I was supposed to be telling you about 22. That was quite a little segue we took. I always go down the rabbit hole somewhere, man. Bunny, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you started getting on a good, good topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, but uh, and then I went out for a week, and I just everyone who who writes for that show is both like incredibly funny but also like very nice and you know it's a nice break uh from stand-up because i think everyone gets a little or i do i I don't want to impose my thoughts on anyone else but like i get sick of myself sometimes you know what i mean so it's nicer to work on something uh collective that you were like okay let's all make this thing so i was kind of just up there just trying to keep my nose down and write a lot of stuff and whatever gets in great whenever it doesn't it's not because it sucks although sometimes it does (laughs) but you know it's just because there's other people in that room who are so 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 funny so smart that you know you're just all trying to make something right which is which is nice and i was that a a new experience for you trying to write something that's yes instead of paper to stage paper to tv yeah completely different yeah Yeah, and it's sketch writing and like interview and writing for other people trying to write in other people's voices and uh yeah, it's, it's a whole new ball game, it but it's nice. Oh, I love it. It's like yes, I, and I, again, I I'm incredibly lucky to have that job. That's yeah. you know, it's it's amazing. That's, that's, that's unbelievable. And it's nice to get the, like they've been going for like t- over twenty years. It's either twenty three or twenty four, yeah. and that machine runs whether I'm there or not. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm very cognizant of that. It, it is. Yeah. And so I'm just think I'm just there, and I just try to try my best to contribute and enjoy it because like this is i'm i'm fucking lucky man yeah yeah there's been a theme on this show uh and it's probably one that i've created but it's it's uh it's it's been something that has uh taken up a lot of content of the show about opportunities for comedians across canada Mm -hmm. uh hitting a certain ceiling once you get to a certain point sure headlining and, and doing stuff like that uh, but even in the entertainment business, as far as writing and, and doing shows and, and doing stuff like that, um, obviously the general consensus is that there's not enough opportunities for writers for TV shows being produced in Canada. Uh, do you think that that's accurate, or do you think that uh, like you're, you know, is it a constant hustle? Is it is it always trying to get to that next level? Because it seems like the CBC. I mean, obviously there's there's a lot more investment in media now in Canada as opposed to where. Seems it like a yeah. But is that getting on board with a show like that? Does that inspire you to keep creating? Yeah. And mostly I think stuff like that, whether it's right or wrong, is none of my goddamn business. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, what am I, what am I going to do? Am I going to join a network and fix the problem? I'm I'm not. Well, it's not for me. (laughs) 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 It's not. So like, I I think there were some people out there who were like, listen, I'm going to get to a certain point. Like, uh, like uh, when, I, when I sat down and talked to Steve, uh, Steve uh, Patterson, mm-hmm. and, and Steve and I talked about, you know, how you know, he wants to pitch shows and he wants to do these, you know, different types of formats. For yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah, amazing guy. And, and uh, But I would love to see more. We have so many talented comedians. And, and, and when I talk to people like Alex Sullivan and stuff like that, I mean, he tells me, you know, writers are the kings of Los Angeles. It's not yeah. The writers, it's the writers. Right. It's the people, 
you can find a host somewhere to go do a show. Sure. But uh, there's not a lot of writers that are that gifted to go and continuously write funny material night after night. Yeah, yeah. Is it, do we need more opportunities like that again? I mean, yeah, but I mean, of course, I feel like everyone needs more offer, but, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm aware that this is coming from a bit of a naive place just with me with inexperience and borderline youth, (laughs) but I don't know. I can't do anything about that. You know what I mean? And I've, I think you take what you get, you know, like if something comes up, you just do it and do your best and then put your head down and wait for the next thing. Right. And in terms of a ceiling, I mean, I'm sure there is and I don't I don't necessarily disagree, but then you're kind of defining your shit through what other people think. To put limitations on. Well, yeah, and again, I can't do anything about that. You know, like I can't change how people feel about me or what I'm doing or anything. So I kind of just for me it's like how do I keep doing things I'm excited about? Right, right. Where stand-up kind of spoils you because you can just go. I wrote a joke two days ago. I don't need anyone to fund it. Right. You know, I can just go on stage and try. Try to try it out. Yeah, and then go to bed, try again the next day. You know, it's, <laughs> I don't know. But as, as a comedian who's four, four years in, I mean, you see these other comedians that have been in this game for a very long time, and you get some that, uh, you know, they try to go to larger markets. They go to L.A., they go to Mm-hmm. Comedy. A lot of them get their asses kicked and they come back. And a lot of them are like, eh, it wasn't what I expected, or I thought things were going to happen faster for me, or you know, what have whatever the experience is. Is it something in your mind that you look at your career and think, ultimately, I'm going to have to make that leap? Or is it, are you happy staying in Canada and, and, and doing the circuits here? Well, I don't ever think more than three months ahead of time. Three months? Yeah, man. What? How? And that's a stretch. I like that. I like that. <laughs> and that's a stretch. You know what I mean? Like, I've got vague things that I'd like to do. Sure. Uh, goals and stuff, yeah. 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 Uh, but you can, lose, you can lose yourself in trying to project into the future. Right. And the things that I have been lucky enough to get weren't, like, things that I planned on. Sure. It's just that's the phone that rang and I made the best of that you know what I mean and I feel like if you're just pushing yourself that far forward what are you missing that's right in front of you there's not enough uh, focus I don't think on the day to day of it you know because that's when you're actually doing the work the rest of it is just fucking daydreaming yeah Right. I don't know. But, I've, I, again, this comes from a naive place, and I've been very lucky to get the opportunities that I have in my in my time. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing, dude. So what's up next for you, man? What's uh, what's 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 cracking on the horizon for, for Mr. Matt, Matt DeBright? Oh, uh, well, I'm going to – I'm on tour for two weeks. I'm headlining in Calgary this weekend, Edmonton the weekend following that. Right. And then I'm going to go home. And I'm going to sit down for about a week and hang out with my girlfriend and my dogs and try to get to see my, my family. And, uh, How have you found that as far as working on the road and having relationships? Sometimes it works well and sometimes people are, uh, I've been in this condo where people are going nuts going, what the, what's happening back home here? 
Uh, well, yeah, well, I don't know. I'm, again, I'm very lucky. My girlfriend is, is wonderful, and she's supportive, and she, yes, very. And she also works on the road. She works in, she works in sales, so she also understands that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a stretch to say we're used to anything yet, <laughs> but, but, you know, she, she understands that if I'm going to bring any money into our lives <laughs> yeah yeah and and i don't know if she likes me when i i'm not doing stand up for a while because i get weird and grumpy <laughs> yeah there's definitely a, a i don't I, yeah if i'm not doing things i don't feel good about myself i've learned that my my uh my self-worth i guess has a lot tied into what i'm doing day to day yeah so, uh, so anything you want to plug, man? How can people find you, man? Uh, I'm on the internet. You are the internet. I'm on. I'm on. Great profile picture with a guitar. Yes, thank you. Oh, that's nice of you. Through the act, which is great. Yeah, sometimes I didn't do it last night because I didn't want to go rent a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Should I say that? Who cares, man? Yeah, I don't know if I'm selling myself out or not, but yeah, I'm on the internet. You can get all my social stuff on mattwrightcomedy.com, but it's Matt Wright Jokes on Twitter, Matt Wright Comedy on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, oh yeah, and I have a podcast that I do What's myself. It's called The Work Report. The work report. Yeah, and it kind of it's focusing on people's what they do every day. No way. It, yeah, because that's what that's what interests me. Give me an example of, of what an episode looks like. Oh, well, I mean, it's I don't only I interview some comedians and some musicians and a couple guys who like own restaurants and shit. Yeah. Just I'm very interested in you know because people are like, oh, you did this thing and you did that thing, but like most of even the most successful people in the world still are like most days like oh i'm gonna drag my ass out of bed and try to get some exercise and yeah. do something you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. and I, I i am someone i still have you know good days and bad days when i don't get you know i don't get done what i want to do sure. and i'm interested in pe how people juggle their shit <laughs> that's, pretty, that's you know what I've, I've sat before and you know obviously i've been in the podcasting game for a long time but yeah, you're good at it. Thank you, sir. I oh, yeah. I, uh, I've sat and I've looked at people, and I'm just such a student of human nature. I like that. That I look at people, and I'm just like, how do you, what's your life like? What's your what's a day in your life like, man? Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by that study of, of human behavior, of, of uh, whether it be a comedian, whether it be a doctor, whether it be a restaurateur, whether, whoever it is. Yeah. What, dude, what is your life looking like on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, like how are you getting yeah. through this shit? Yeah, because yeah. I've got a lot of preconceived notions of how life works. And how people, mm -hmm. you know, if I had his bank account for one day, I'd be good. And da, 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 da. But I mean, there's some people out there who just different types of stress, different types of lives, man. And everyone, there's something in our brain that wants to struggle with something all yeah. the time. Or again, there's something in my. I don't want to project my thoughts onto other no, people. But yeah. people will. Rich people are still miserable. Sure. Famous people are still miserable. Absolutely. You know, it's. And we've seen that even like in the comedy world. I mean, we've seen some amazing greats and actors and people in entertainment yeah and we will continue to yeah. because we don't have a fucking clue what we're doing no <laughs> <laughs> well hey man i've had a great time sitting and chatting with you man. oh thanks for having me i hope i wasn't too dull oh, are you kidding me this is a great conversation i look forward to uh to seeing you at the club this weekend and uh oh thanks man i appreciate that thanks jake
All right, folks, and there you have it, the Matt Wright interview. Sorry about the audio. I'm still trying to figure this out, so just be patient with me. I'm, I'm still trying to master this Zoom H4N recorder uh, that my producer uh, bought me. Thank you very much. Um, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Didn't I tell you? Matt Wright, funny guy, very intellectual, very smart, uh, very witty, and it's... Uh, no surprise why he's doing so well in comedy. Continued success, my friend, and look forward to hanging out. Be sure to go check him out, Matt Wright, folks. On behalf of myself, your host, Jake Hirsch, and of course, all the staff and crew at Yuck Yucks. Mr. Mark Breslin, our executive producer, Kira Williams, and of course, our webmaster, Camille Sorobi. And don't forget my boy, Lane Argue, who cuts in all the badass acoustic uh, lead-ins to this podcast and uh, oh man dude this is talented check him out Lane Argue folks a great uh, musician teacher uh, author and uh, sexy sexy man I don't know if he's an author I just, I just said that I don't know why anyway hey guys uh, stick around uh, lots of great episodes coming up we will see you next week